What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Wednesday, everybody. People still call it hump day? Is that still a thing? Can I say hump day? Happy hump day? Yeah. All right. Happy Hump Day. Most traded player? Anyone? Any guesses? Most traded player. Raheem Mostert. Incorrect. He's on IR. Justin Justin Jefferson, the most traded player. James. Calvin Ridley? I don't really like the most traded list. It's a little boring at the top. Justin Jefferson, James Cook, Jerome Ford. Ugh. Whatever. Mixon. Ugh. Uh, we're going to talk about some buy low, hope maybe buy low running backs, or are they just going to be busts? Because most of the running backs have been a little disappointing at the high end, right? So Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, who said, he had a quote, he was talking to the media, he said, I'm not 100%, hoping to get back to 100%. So we'll talk about them. Uh, Josh Jacobs, is he a buy low? And uh, a couple more options there as well. Now, look, if they're, if they're really going to bounce back, now's your opportunity to get them. Anyway, the whole gang is here today. Six days until Halloween. Somebody asked if we have Halloween costumes. Heath, I'm curious. Are you ready to reveal your tandem costume for this I year? think that I will reveal it on the show on Sunday. Okay. I like it. You're going to wear it? Maybe. <laughs> yes. Right. No, I'll commit to it. Yes. Right. The guy who purposely turns out the lights in his house on Halloween so he doesn't have to answer the door is going to get dressed up for Halloween on our podcast. I get dressed up for Halloween every year, and I turn the lights out every year. I celebrate Halloween for me. I'm just not giving everybody else free candy. I just don't, like, Why wouldn't you at least leave a, a basket outside with candy? Because you know uh, what happens to the basket of free candy. A kid who's like me is going to come along and take the whole thing. No, because I have a, a walkway to my front door that's along kind of the side of part of my house. And if anybody walks on that walkway, my dog goes uh-huh. bananas. And so it would be torture to the dog to have kids going up and down the walkway all night long. Okay. That's sort of fair. Plus, you don't want to give out bananas. I also think you'd do it even if you didn't have the dog. All right. Favorite buy low, favorite sell high. Uh, Jamie, why don't you start? Who's your favorite buy low? Favorite buy low? uh, You mentioned Austin Eckler. I think there's still better days ahead, and he's obviously been terrible. I hope his other ankle is healthy, but he's got two bad ankles right now, at least you know, not, not at 100%. But we know what he's capable of doing. And while his age is a concern and maybe the offense is not going to be as favorable to him because Kellen Moore's system might not be the best for what Austin Eckler was doing in the last couple of years, he still has the potential to be a top five running back. So if you can get him cheap, I would look to explore that and try and get him for as little as you possibly can. Absolutely shocking yesterday looking at the running back target rates. The Chargers have the lowest running back target rate in the NFL. Now, in the three games that Eckler's played, they're something like 24th. They're not last, but still, that is mind-boggling. So we need that part of his game to come back. 
right, I, we'll focus a little bit more on Eckler and all those struggling running backs a little bit later. But Jamie's going to say Eckler. Dave, who's your favorite buy low? I like trying to buy low on Debo Samuel, but it's for fantasy managers who think they've got a path to the playoffs. They're five and two. They're six and one. They're seven and zero, oh, and they want to bolster their team by getting a receiver who has contributed quite well when he's been healthy. First three games of the year, he's averaged almost 20 PPR points per game. When he comes back, should be an integral part of what the 49ers are doing, and you should be able to get him pretty cheap both now and next week when he doesn't play. And then the week after that, he's got to buy. So that buy low window for Debo, many, many weeks open. Okay. That makes sense. Austin Eckler, Debo Samuel, and Heath, you're up. So- Eckler was my first choice. I think he's the best by low. Um, my second choice is Garrett Wilson. I said a couple of weeks ago that I was going to go make an offer for Brees Hall in every league that I was in. I'm going to try to do that today if I can find the time for Garrett Wilson. You look at the schedule that they played the first two months, month and a half of the season. The Bills back before everybody got hurt. The Cowboys, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Eagles. Then you look at the schedule for the next month and a half. The Giants, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Bills after everybody got hurt. I I really think, and especially the way that Zach Wilson is just like hyper-focused on Garrett Wilson everywhere, really, but especially in the red zone. I think 57% of his red zone targets have gone to Garrett Wilson this season. Um, I, I really think a, a borderline number one season from this point on is still possible. Top seven in the short-term projected strength of schedule top 12 rest of season projected strength of schedule. Excellent. Garrett Wilson. And you can find that projected strength of schedule on Sportsline. Sportsline.com. Use promo code Richard or Heath or Gibbs, I believe, is one of them. No. But not Baked Burger. $1 for your first month. Uh, Let's go to our favorite sell high. We'll go in reverse order here. Heath, Dave, Jamie. Go ahead, Heath. I think it's probably Jameer Gibbs and you might wait a week to do it because he's going to have such a monster performance against the Raiders. I think that makes it more difficult though, if we get to Tuesday or Wednesday and he's had that monster performance, then we start hearing David Montgomery's practicing David Montgomery's coming back this week. Um, And it there, I certainly know there are some leagues that are savvy enough where most of the fantasy managers know this, but we talked about it. I don't think there is anything that Jameer Gibbs can do. That's going to change the fact that David Montgomery is going to be the hammer when he's back. And furthermore, anything that he can do, do you think that David Montgomery will be better than Gibbs in fantasy when he comes back? And by the way, he after this game against Vegas, they have a bye. So that's, you know, it's going to be very hard to trade Gibbs after this week, going into a bye with Montgomery, I would say yeah. pretty likely back after that. But do you think Montgomery will be the better fantasy back after this week? I would still take David Montgomery, but I also think it's pretty close to a coin flip and full PPR. I think they're both number two running backs. All right. Uh, Dave, who's your favorite sell high? Weekly reminder, sell high doesn't mean get rid of the guy for whatever you can. It means sell high on him if the opportunity presents itself. I'm sure Heath would tell you that he would not take uh, a crappy bench player for Jameer Gibbs. I would try and sell high on Darren Waller, who's coming off of a big game, 15-plus PPR points in two of his past three. That's with Terod Taylor helping him out. Daniel Jones has not helped him out. Jones is coming back soon. Other receivers have been established in the Giants offense. Uh, I'm only trading Darren Waller if I can get something really good for him. Some of the names that I gave out on CBS Sports HQ, James Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, Christian Kirk. Let's add one more. Garrett Wilson. These are kind of pie-in-the-sky type of players that you'd want to get in return for Darren Waller, but those are the types of players that I'd love to get in exchange for him that would make me be willing to go and stream tight ends after getting rid of Waller. Well, this is such a good week to do that if you can, yes. because yes. you've got the the Dalton Kincaid. Here we go. You got the Trey McBride now with no Zach Ertz. Like it's tight ends looking okay. Oh. And, and Jamie also pointed this out on HQ when we talked about Waller. And, and this is a good point. Get the other tight end first before you make the trade. So yeah. go and, and grab Kincaid, grab McBride. I bet McBride is still out there in a ton of leagues. Get one of oh, those yeah. two guys and then trade Waller. If you're if, if you're going to trade Waller, I'm not saying get rid of him for anything, but if you can get something really good that helps your team at a different spot, go for it. Oh, we got a comment in the chat from Seabass. Traded Waller for Marquise Brown. Yeah. See, I, I think that, yeah. I, this isn't enough for Waller. Why? I, I don't. 
Like Marquise Brown's had a pretty good year. Hopefully Kyler Murray back pretty soon. And Waller has had four pretty like ugh, games, three big games. Is that really different than Marquise Brown? Are they really different at their positions? I don't think this is so bad, especially if you buy into Kyler. They're they're extremely different for what they mean to their positions. Mm-hmm. When yep. Waller is good at his position, you have a difference maker. When Brown is good at his position, you have a borderline starter. Right, low but, end but is wide that, receiver it, too. Do you feel like do you feel like Marquise Brown is going to be more than that because he no. was a top five wide receiver last year when Kyler was healthy and Hopkins wasn't there? No, I think they're asking Kyler to to do a little t- bit too much coming back from okay. his ACL tear. Now, I will tell you that if if you buy into that, Adam, then Marquise Brown is a tremendous buy low because he's had two games where he hasn't been good with Josh Dobbs, and eventually Kyler comes back, and you're hoping for some of that wide receiver one magic. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that trade. I, I wouldn't. I don't think it's a win, but right. I think it's fine. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Trey McBride is 12% rostered, and uh, he so Zach Ertz is on IR, so he's out at least four games. McBride showed a little something at the end of last year. He was playing almost every snap, I believe, at the end of last year. And he's gotten more involved the last two weeks. Very talented player. You know, uh, top top 12 tight end this week, Trey McBride? Not this week. Not against Baltimore, but certainly somebody that you want to roster if you can carry two tight ends. I I think he's a top 12 tight end after this week. Um, He's second in yards per route run amongst all tight ends with at least 20 targets. He's fourth in targets per route run amongst all tight ends with at least 20 targets. He, Travis Kelsey, and Sam Laporta are the only tight ends who are top five in both of those metrics. Oh, That's wow. amazing. That's Baltimore, great. Cleveland, Atlanta, next three matchups for him. Yeah, it's good defenses, although Atlanta yeah. struggles against tight ends. Uh, sure. All right, so we've got Eckler, Debo, and Garrett Wilson for Jamie, Dave, Heath, respectively, as buy lows. Sell high, Jameer Gibbs, Darren Waller for Heath and Dave. Jamie, who are you selling high on? I'd be trading Derrick Henry as much as I can this week if you have the ability to do so. Uh, coming off a big game against Baltimore last time we saw him, and there's the potential of him getting traded. And it may not be to a, a situation where he's still as the, much of a focal point as he typically is. Now, granted, he hasn't been that guy for the most part this season because they've used Tajay Sharp, but who knows if a team adds him, takes some time for him to get adjusted, and it might not be as favorable a situation. I say that in context because clearly the situation's not been great this year, but we know what Henry typically is. But um, if you can get something still great in return for Henry, I would be doing it. Yeah, and, and let's talk about the NFL trade deadline and players that maybe you should either be stashing right now or anticipating a big boost. Like if, if Tajay Spears is available, that's an obvious one. Is there anyone else, guys, that you think could have a big boost in value after the trade deadline, which is on Halloween this year? Just of the of the potential rumors that are out there, we talked about this, I believe, on Tuesday, Adam, when you said Marvin Mims. Yep. You know, so if if Judy or Sutton gets traded, most likely Judy at this point, then it would it would be hopefully a boost for Mims. You know, I I would hate to see uh, Sean Payton do Sean Payton things and make little Jordan Brandon, Humphrey his Brandon Johnson, you know, right? You know, guys that he's familiar with, just stepping up and not giving a, a young talented player who he drafted, by the way, part of this regime. Um, so yeah, those those are really the two that stand out right now. They'll, 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 there will potentially be a surprise trade that we're not expecting. Probably most of the trades will be minor ones. But if Derrick Henry is traded, that's obviously a blockbuster that would open the door for Tajay Spears to hopefully be a starting fantasy running back. Hey, what about DeAndre Hopkins? Same team as Derrick Henry, someone who the Titans aren't tied to. Teams could be certainly in in the market for a perimeter receiver, and he's not slow. He's looking good when he plays. There was a report yesterday or the day before, and of course I don't remember who it was from, that they are shopping Hopkins actively and getting no no, no response. Yeah. Cr- crickets. Oh, don't make me hit the... I've got too many things queued up on the mixer here for the cricket. <laughs> oh, fine, Heath. We'll get the squeaky crickets. There they are. Okay, crickets for him. And also, just in reference to the trade deadline being on Halloween... Just a little scary music for you there. What a face. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I just cannot wait for Halloween. Like all, everything needs to be done by four o'clock. All right. Once the trick or treating starts. That's the trade I, deadline is four o'clock. Yeah, I know, Eastern. but we can't have anything trickling in late. Like, what's oh, this the day? What day of the week is that? Tuesday. Oh, we could get some we might get some waiver wire bargains that week. Yeah. Well we're not gonna people are gonna miss the you, you might miss the waiver wire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, waiver wire. Um all right, yeah, I'm still hopeful for Derry for Jerry Judy. 
playing 65% of his snaps in the slot. If the team trades for him, just just put him out wide more, please. Okay. Oh, someone's drink. What was that, Dave? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Sorry. That is that was not from my mixer. Good I finished effect. my coffee. Um, all right, the, uh, the uh, very good game last night. If you missed it, you want to read about it, check out the CBS Sports app. And I could be talking about that Golden State-Phoenix game. That was also a good game. But congratulations to the Arizona Diamondbacks on their way to the World Series to face the Texas Rangers. And about 300,000 people will be watching that. No, I'm just kidding. I'll be watching it. Um, hopefully uh, it gets the buzz it deserves. Two really exciting teams who were terrible last year and have changed their fortunes so quickly. Good for them. Um, but you listen, you watch the podcast, you love sports, you're into the World Series, basketball has started, hockey has started, football is in full swing. Follow it all on the CBS Sports app. If you made your bets, follow it all on the CBS Sports app. It is the best way to follow live sports. You can watch live sports on the CBS Sports app. You can get your breaking news from the app, and it's totally free, iPhone, Android. You are going to love it. This is the, your way to keep your finger on the pulse of every game that matters. Download the CBS Sports app right now. Quick news and notes. I saw an interview with Aaron Jones. I was referencing this earlier, and I, I think he he looks like the most like the nicest guy in the world. I just want to say that. I'd love to meet Aaron Jones. Let's make that happen. Let's get him on the show. But he just openly said he's not a hundred percent. He wasn't a hundred percent in week uh, in week seven, and he hopes to be getting there in the coming weeks. So nothing specific, but you know, he said like I wasn't a hundred percent. I was happy to be out there. I know you were all really frustrated by it, but that's what we're dealing with right now with Aaron Jones. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Not looking great for this week with the high ankle sprain. Will Levis is expected to start, but both Will Levis and Malik Willis are expected to play against the Falcons. Uh, More reason to pick up the Falcons DST. Traylon Burks could be back this week for the Titans. Uh, Frank Reich said the backfield, the Panthers backfield, Jamie, will be a little bit by committee. What do you think? It'll be a little bit like avoiding. Um, it's, uh, It's, you know, we got one good game out of Chuba Hubbard when Miles Sanders didn't play. We've had a couple of decent performances from Miles Sanders earlier in the season when he was healthy. It's just not a very good team right now. So at best, you're talking about flex options for Sanders and, and Hubbard. Was Sanders still the, the preferred option, but barely? Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Miles Sanders was on waivers yesterday in one of my leagues. And I was like, do I want Amari DiMercato or do I want Miles Sanders? Oh, wow. I went with Miles Sanders, and I had – like the eighth or ninth priority, and I got him. Uh, in my um, nobody in my guillotine him. league last week, somebody dropped him, and typically we don't see players like that dropped because it's you know you're 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 just trying to make sure you get points. Um, and clearly, if he's if he's right, he's going to be uh, on somebody's team. And so, the way that that league works is it's you know fab and then first come first serve. And it was like three days he sat there, and I was like, you know what, I have enough receiver depth. I'm going to drop Josh Reynolds and just pick up Miles Sanders. Because I'm I'm down Kyron Williams and I'm down Roshan Johnson, so I was like, it just feels icky. You do it. <laughs> you have to do it. You know. I mean, that contract. It's it's this contract that get, like keeps me with a little bit of hope for Miles Sanders. They got to get something out of him, right? Where where does he rank in terms of biggest busts this year? He wasn't really going that early, was he? Fourth it, round. Who's a bigger bust, yeah. Damian Pierce or Miles Sanders? Pierce yeah. is a bigger bust because he's been healthy. True. Yeah, yeah they're 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 busts. Um, uh, Najee. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, Juwan Johnson expected to play this week for the Saints. Deshaun Watson's MRI showed no additional damage to his shoulder, according to Tom Pelissero. But there there is still a chance that he goes on IR. Um, just it has not been ruled out. Wide receiver Marvin Jones for the Lions. He's stepping away uh, to tend to personal family matters. We hope everything's okay with Marvin Jones. Wishing him the best. I know this isn't usually a note that I would give, but Buffalo tight end Quinton Morris missed practice again. They're playing tomorrow, and that's more, you know that's pro- maybe more maybe another target or two for Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Zach Ertz is on IR as mentioned, and Heath gave a great reason to add Trey McBride, who is twelve percent rostered. And Denver's going to be without safety Kareem Jackson for two games. He was suspended for four games for a hit that wouldn't have warranted a suspension, I don't think, if he hadn't had some prior incidents. But it was reduced to two games. They get the Chiefs this week. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's focus on those struggling running backs. Cases for and against Eckler, Aaron Jones, Bijan Robinson, uh, Josh Jacobs, 
and uh, try to throw Joe Mixon in there. And I even want to talk about Rashad White. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I know if you're not watching on YouTube, you have no idea what the promo that just played, but it always does. Put me up! I always get pretty fired up for that promo. All right. uh, Struggling running backs. So the group that I wanted to focus on was Eckler, Bijan, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, I'll say Joe, we'll throw Joe Mixon in there. And I was going to mention Rashad White kind of separately, just because I think it's worth mentioning that his schedule has just been an absolute beast. Um, But if we look at those top five, Eckler, Bijan, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, how would you, let's rank them. Heath, you want to start? Rank those five. (laughs) You want me to start? I could do it. I, yeah. I think I can start if you want. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, I think Bijan's going to be at the top of the list. I know everybody's sour on him because of what happened last week, but we know what – I don't even know if the upside has been realized yet with him. And then I have to say that I'm not sure if the upside will ever be realized this year because of how he's using that offense. But that being said, he's had a number of really good games, and I, I can't help but think that he'll be good to go uh, as as an RB one rest of season, so he's my he's my highest ranked guy of that group. Eckler is second, but it's a lot more that that almost feels more like a wish than anything else because he just he did not look good. I hated how they used him last week. If he has a bad game against Chicago, I almost wonder if the conversation changes entirely with Austin Eckler. He has he hasn't really played a lot this year, but when he's played, three explosive plays, rushing and receiving combined. So that's something that kind of troubles me. I think Jacobs is a name you gave. He's next on the list for me. And then Jones and Mixon. Do I have enough confidence in Jones to put him over Mixon? I don't like hearing that Jones says that he's not at 100%. When's he not going to be 100%? And his workload last week explains why um, the, the coaches were hesitant to use him and why they rolled with A.J. Dillon a little bit more. But Mixon's been so bad. And I just don't know when he's going to be able to deliver. I mean, I'll take I'll take 16 PPR points from from Mixon and go have a parade in the street. Oh yeah, he hasn't done. He hasn't come close to that. Thirteen point five is his high so far this year. But come on, if he's healthy and Jones isn't, then I got to put Mixon ahead of Jones. All right, so Dave goes Bijan, Eckler, Jacobs, Mixon, Aaron Jones. Who's next? Who's got next? Uh, Eckler, Bijan, Jacobs, Jones, Mixon. All right, a yep. little different there. Heath, you're going the same thing, Eckler over Bijan. I'm definitely going with Eckler over Bijan. I've actually got uh, Jones ahead of Mixon. Yeah, Jacobs, Jones, and Mixon, I think, are are basically all about the same for me. Um, they're all three RB2s. But Eckler and Bijan clearly ahead of those three. So who do you think of this group are you're, you're enthusiastic about for the second half of the season? If any, Eckler and Bijan. Bijan. Still, still Jacobs and Jones, too. Okay, very different takes here. So, Dave, you're a little hesitant with Eckler. So, and I get it. You got two ankle injuries. Hopefully, it's, you know, like, like I was worried about Kelsey a few weeks ago, okay? It, it was obvious that Kelsey wasn't himself. His stats indicated it. You know, he was doing nothing after the catch. But I do think that with these types of injuries, I think a lot of times guys get healthy. It takes three to four weeks, maybe something like that. Heath, didn't you say something about a, a Twitter doctor 
Oh, you said something about Tony Pollard. Oh, yeah. he was supposed to be part of this segment. I'm so sorry. I knew, oh. I, I, knew I forgot someone. Pollard absolutely should be in this segment. Can we throw Pollard in there? Eckler. Yep. Bijan, Pollard, Jacobs, Jones, Mixon. Yep. He is in the gap between Eckler and Bijan and the other three. Okay. For right now, he's behind Eckler for me. Next week could be ahead of everybody. But yeah, Pollard's got that ankle. You said, what did you say, Heath? I don't want to put words in your mouth. It was basically just that he had the, 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 I can't remember what the name of that surgery is that he had done on his ankle, but it has just sapped some of his burst. It is, and it's, it's, it wasn't an optimistic one about that coming back. Okay. Was it the tightrope? Yes. Wow. Cause I, I've come to learn that the tightrope surgery is actually like a good thing. Maybe it varies from player to player. Who knows? Well, um, yeah, I mean, like, he just, he, he has not looked right exactly. And no. uh, he's, I don't even think he's a top 15 running back, Tony Pollard, on a per game basis. He is. He's 11th. Per game? Oh, maybe yep. in full PPR. He's a lot of catches. Now, Jacobs is interesting. Uh, and Heath, you know, you've really soured on him, it seems, but he has. He, he's per game. He's 20th in PPR, 25th in non-PPR. He's averaging 2.9 yards per carry. But he has the third most carries, the most targets, and the second most catches among running backs. So, I mean, this like I just gave you a reason to, to be disgusted, but a reason to be optimistic as well. But you're not there yet with Jacobs. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm disgusted. Um, oh, sorry, you're not optimistic. You're not optimistic. We're all disgusted. And I, and I don't. I don't necessarily think that the the bad rushing average has a whole lot to do with Josh Jacobs. Like he's not been as good as he was last year. But the situation, the offensive line's just been absolutely awful. Um, and I don't. I just don't have a lot of reason for optimism. In fact, I think with this Raiders team, they've probably been more competitive the first seven weeks of the season than I would expect them to be. The, the second half of the season. So I think he'll be an RB2. He'll probably be a little bit better than what he's been so far. I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged three and a half yards per carry. But uh, I'm not optimistic we're getting a top 12 running back at all this year. Jamie, you expressed some optimism, I think, for Josh Jacobs. And uh, let me ask you about some of the guys who have really emerged. You got Mostert, who's a top five running back. A-Chan, who I think is number two per game. Um, uh, let's see, DeAndre Swift... Is one of them. I might be missing somebody. Uh, but would you take Jacobs over? Pacheco. Pacheco, sure. How many of those guys would you take Josh Jacobs over? The Dolphins running backs, DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs, uh, and uh, and Pacheco, sorry. I would take him over Mostert when A-Chan is back. I no. would take him over Pacheco. I would take uh, Swift over him. Did you say somebody else? I'm sorry. Well, would you take him over A-Chan when A-Chan is back? No, I would take HN over Jacobs if if he comes back and is one hundred percent. All right, with the with the uncertainty of it, I would take Jacobs. Okay. Do you guys think that Bijan? I, I still think you know. Look, he's played two games without Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows how many more he'll miss with Garoppolo? But you know, taking the quarterback out of the equation, um, I think there's still a lot to like about Jacobs moving forward. He, he has zero touches. competition. Yeah, I mean the touch. And he, right. and he, he, he should have caught a selling. touchdown. Like he he bobbled a touchdown. I, I wonder what the perception would be if he had caught that ball. You know, it was ruled a touchdown, and then it was. A I don't, I, but I don't know why we should expect him to to do that. He has literally never done that. <laughs> well, he did it. I just you know he bobbled. He, it. he has like 150 career receptions and zero receiving. He's Jacoby Myers. Uh, by the way, most carry. Mo- just uh, on a side note, most carries this year without a touchdown. Anybody know who has the most carries? Bijan is second. Only one running back has more carries this year without a rushing touchdown. I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call him a buy low though. It's Alexander Madison. It's the most carries without a touchdown. Uh, yes. So, do you guys think Bijan and Eckler will be league winners? Yes, I'm cringing at that term, and I used it this week myself. I I think that they've got the potential to be. I think Bijan will be. I'm just I. I'm a little nervous about Eckler. I didn't like what I saw last week. And it's not just the ankle thing and the the lack of explosiveness, the play calling. They ran him between the tackles so often. Oh, yeah. They didn't use him in the passing game. The offensive line isn't that good. He's not exploding. 
um, figuratively, not literally. I, I just I, I'm worried about Eckler not being right. It sounds like he had a high ankle sprain early on in the year. He already missed a chunk of games because of that. Are they are they rushing him back a little bit? Could he be okay by week ten, week eleven? Maybe I I hope. Uh, I just I I don't I don't want to I don't want to get him off my team. I'm not saying to trade him away, uh, unless someone's going to give you a king's ransom for him. Then I would. But I also don't want to say that he's a buy low unless you're getting him for peanuts. Peanut. I mean, no one's going to give you Eckler for peanuts, but they could no give chance. you they could give you Eckler for Mostert. Would you take Eckler for Mostert? Oh yeah, I think I would for sure. Because Mostert's got an HN problem. What about Swift? What about DeAndre Swift? What about Travis Etienne? Hey, I'll hold him. I'll keep him over those. Etienne, I'll take for him. Wait, sorry. I'm confused. You'd rather have Etienne or Eckler? I'd rather have Etienne than Eckler. You'd rather have Swift or Eckler? Eckler. Anybody taking Swift over Eckler? No. No. Swift or Pollard? Pollard. Tony? Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Okay. I'm not very good at flipping coins. I can't really do it. I think I just have to. Kind How can of you not it. flip a coin? I don't know. I can't. Yeah, really. I, would just, I would assume your thumb's not strong enough. I That might be it. I have really bad coordination <laughs> and motor skills. You know, this is a true story, actually. I, they wanted to hold me back in kindergarten because my fine motor skills were so bad. I couldn't, like, cut and paste, wow. basically. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's going to kill you. <laughs> well, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't hold me back. You know, he hasn't killed me for like blowing out my rib cage from coughing. He's been, he's been. No, he's gonna kill you in your competition. Oh, 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 oh. No, he's not. Like, I don't need motor yes, skills to, to beat Dan. Um. All right. Oh, Rashad White. I just wanted to mention if if anybody is at all enthused about him, uh, the schedule <laughs> he has played has just been. Really brutal. He did have the six catches last week against Buffalo and Houston. It's not like it's not like a super easy schedule because he has Tennessee and San Francisco, but there are some good matchups coming up for him. Uh, there are one, nope. two, three, four, five teams in his next, I think, eight games that rank twenty second or worse against running backs. So we don't talk a lot about Rashad White, but what do you Tennessee think? He might not be a good matchup by the time that happens, too. Might not be. Yeah, that's in three weeks. He's a he's a borderline number two running back. I don't even yeah. know if he's that high. I think I think if you are trying to get somebody cheap that has the potential to work his way into a top twenty player, I don't think he's going to be a league winner. But that's the type of guy that could do it. He could be a league loser though, because he's not a good runner at all. the The interior offensive line isn't good. He's dancing on pretty much every single carry he gets. He's running right up the middle. Uh, I don't like him in the matchup against Buffalo, for example, this week because Buffalo's really good at stopping running backs up the gut. You're hoping that he continues to put up season highs and catches and yards. He had a career high in receiving yards last week. I, yeah. I I can't get interested in him. And for whatever it's worth, Chase Edmonds is coming back. He might take a little bit of work away from him. He just he hasn't been good. I I I wouldn't want to get him on. He definitely team. has not been good. But if he's going to be involved in the pass game, that's his best asset. So, but he might good. not be because the one thing the one thing that Chase Edmonds has been okay at is. Being a pass catcher out of the back. Yeah, but I mean, that still could be three weeks from now. It could. Well, yeah. I mean, he's practicing. I want. I, to, I wouldn't give up. If, if you're trading for Rashad White, please, please, please don't give up that much. Hey, if anybody in the chat has any questions about the running backs we just talked about, please fire away. Um, you know, this is a little bit off topic, but not really. But uh, Mark Bacon says, I think Travis Etienne is a sell high. I want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, the guy has six touchdowns in his last three games. I think he's averaging four yards per carry this year. Um, he has more multiple touchdown games than Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, does anybody feel that way about ETN that he's a sell high? I think I you could turn ETN. Look, I mean, if if ETN for Eckler is on the table, you have to consider it. And I think most people would probably take Eckler. I think if you could turn ETN into Bijan, not a bad way to go. You know, so you're 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 looking at somebody who's been awesome and should continue to be great. I mean, this, this isn't, again, he's going to struggle, but if you can get somebody that has the potential to be slightly better because he has been touchdown dependent. So that's the one thing you want to be a little bit concerned about. I, I think the question with him is like, it is Trevor Lawrence going to solve the red zone or Doug Peterson or whoever needs to solve it, the red zone issues for the passing game. Or are they going to lean into the fact that they're pretty good running the ball in there and just they're, that's how they're going to score a lot of their touchdowns? I think that's like we saw last year, Detroit just scored a lot of their touchdowns from inside the five running the ball. That's what Jacksonville is doing so far. 
they're not really gotta, getting there, right? They're, they're not even getting in the red zone. They're like ETN scoring for like 20 yards out a lot, but yeah. No, but you're right. I mean, they are they are not passing the ball in the red zone. They are not. Doing the, the other thing you could look at is the schedule for Jacksonville. It's projected to be bottom six rest of season, bottom, th- bottom three for the next four weeks. It's tough, but he just had a tough matchup against New Orleans on a short week, and he spiked them in a big way. I, I'm not trading Travis Etienne for almost anything. It's mm. got to be like a solid package, and he's averaging almost 22 touches per game. Yeah. He's being used the way that we want our elite running backs yes. to be used. And he's scoring a ton. Who cares if it's uh, if, if he scores one touchdown every other game for the rest of the season and he's still getting 22 touches, he's still going to be a great fantasy running back. Yeah, um, but would you do this? Would you trade? Um, oh, this is not about uh, him. This is Eckler for Kamara. Who would you guys rather have, Eckler or Kamara? Kamara. Kamara. <sighs> Yeah, I've got Kamara one spot higher, but I don't like. It seems like a really weird trade to me. You're just trading one old running back for another old running back. <laughs> they have the same similar upside, similar risks. Pollard or Barkley. One of, got, one of them's got check down car throwing to him. I will take Saquon rest of season. Uh, I'll take Pollard. I'll take Saquon. Um, I think there was one more question here. How about this? James Cook or Jonathan Taylor? I don't know if that's a rest of season or not, but it's t- Taylor. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's Taylor. Okay. Yeah, I, I think let me throw Taylor in there. Like, how do you rank him with Eckler, with, with Bijan? Like, stop me when uh when Taylor needs to be ranked. Bijan, Eckler, Pollard. Nope. Go back. He's in this mix. He's right for there. Me. He's ahead of Pollard. He's he's I, I think he might be better than Eckler rest of season. He looks good. That offense can run. I think he'll lead the way in touches from here on out. I, I, I think he's, I think he's back to being an RB one. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, Jamie, I shared one of your dad jokes with a, a friend of mine, and I got a very funny response. Can I tell it on the air? Your dad joke that you sent me? It's not mine. I mean, I just copy and paste it from someplace. Right. Um, okay. Wait. So, it was. Uh, it was well, this one's really more visual, but it says. Me, I'm terrified of random letters. Therapist, you are? Me, screams. Therapist, oh, I see. Me, screams intensifies. I thought that was hilarious. So I said that to a therapist friend of mine. And, he's, and I said, oh. now you do a football joke. And he said, <laughs> he found this on Google. He said, a Giants fan is at a bar with his dog, who is also a Giants fan. When the Giants make a field goal, the dog walks down the bar and high fives everyone. After another field goal, the dog again high-fives everyone in the bar. The bartender asks the man what he would do if they score a touchdown, and the man replies, I don't know. I've only had him for three years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. let's, uh, Dave, we got a game tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Nah, 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 nah. Nah. <laughs> Tampa Bay's at Buffalo. All right, this, this could be good for uh, Rashad White. A running back has three or more catches against the Bills in every game this season. They've allowed Ooh, 36 or more receiving PPR points. They've allowed 36 or more receiving yards to four running backs. Jacobs, Mostert, ETN, and Ramondre Stevenson. They do struggle a little bit. They struggle a little bit against running backs just in general. But Dave, you said you're not optimistic about Rashad White. Rashad White has run up the gut on 59% of his runs this season. Over 90% of his runs last week. They are not being creative with him in the run game whatsoever. And while Buffalo ranks poorly in yards per carry allowed at 4.9 for the season, they're giving up just 3.1 yards per carry to running backs up the middle. So that's the one area that Rashad White is is it's usually used, and he's going to struggle with it. And against the pass, the Bills are holding running backs to 72% catch rate. Fifth worst in yards per catch given up to running backs, 8.4. But they're trending in the right direction over the past two games against the Giants and Patriots, 5.6 yards per catch. I think they're getting a little bit better at defending running backs is what I'm trying to say. And White isn't exactly the most impossible running back to deal with. If you start him, you're hoping that he gets five catches, not three. You're hoping he gets 50 yards, not 30 or 38 or whatever you said. And then you also have to hope that he somehow finds the end zone, which he's been nearly allergic to all year. I would try and sit Rashad White. Anyone disagree with that? 
Uh, I don't he's, disagree with sitting him, but I, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic if he's going to be involved in the passing game. But there's no certainty that that's the case, that he will have more than the three catches he's basically gotten every game so far this year. So if last week was a sign of things to come, then you'll be excited about Rashad White. If not, you're going to be probably disappointed because it's just the, the body of work has, has not been there with Baker Mayfield. But I, I do hope that they saw something that they could build off of because that's what uh, that's what's going to make him a better fantasy asset. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I don't like there might be some things in terms of yards per carry that the the Bills have done better against running backs, but they've just been destroyed by them lately. Like I I think he's a low end number two, a borderline number two. I'd like to have somebody else I could start, but they gave up six catches last week to the Patriots running backs and a touchdown. They did, but the yards per carry is much better over their last two games. Now it's against the Giants and the Patriots, two teams with Pretty mediocre offensive lines, and I'm being nice. Three point five yards per carry. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not mediocre. Two point seven one yards after contact. Seven missed tackles. That's over the last two games combined. I again, I think they're trending in the right direction. If you're counting on Rashad White for his rushing numbers, you're making a mistake. There you go. Now he does get a lot of touches. Yeah, he's one of those running backs that gets you somewhere between sixteen and twenty touches every week. But you know, you you know what the production has been for fantasy, and it hasn't been good. All right, let's move on from Rashad White. Let me just ask answer, ask a few comparisons here. Damian Pierce has a great matchup at Carolina. Would you start Damian Pierce or Rashad White? Pierce. Yeah, I, I'd start Rashad White. I'm not even sure that Damian Pierce is going to be the best running back on his own team. Exactly. If I knew that Pierce was going to be the lead back and they'd come out of the bye and make him the guy, I'd say, okay, why not? And Pierce would be the starter over White. Maybe in non-PPR you could still do it, but in full PPR... I got to go white there. Would you start Zach Moss against the Saints or Rashad White? White. White. All right. Uh, Heath, Moss or White? Yeah, probably White. All right. Baker Mayfield, we're sitting, I assume? Yes. Okay. Buffalo, <laughs> second best against quarterbacks. Uh, but they're just actually, they give up a lot of yards. They don't give up a lot of touchdowns. But sit Baker Mayfield. Rashad White, we talked about. So, Mike, is Mike Evans an easy start for you guys? Yes. Yep. What about Chris yeah. Godwin? And I trying to trying to diagnose what the heck is going on with Chris Godwin. He's just like he's been fine. Six catches for sixty six yards. He's double digit PPR points in five of six games, but only one time more than thirteen point seven PPR points, and that was when Mike Evans left with an injury. I gotta say, like it is, to, in my opinion. A lot of it's on Baker Mayfield. They have a terrible connection. Maybe it's on Godwin's routes. I don't know. But he has about 20% of his targets have been inaccurate. And he's had five end zone targets, and I watched them all. And I would say that five of them were uncatchable. If maybe four, <laughs> wow. maybe you give him one. But he has had a lot of opportunities just left on the field. I mean, it was there were at least two in the game last week. And Baker Mayfield is just missing Godwin over and over again. It gives me some hope that he can do more with the targets, but... I don't know. Heath, go ahead. You wanted to get in there? Yeah, I think we need to put it in context. Like, he's got a 67% catch rate. So he's not missing him that often. He is missing him that often. That's a pretty, like, maybe, or we're saying he should be catching 80% of his targets? I'm just, I mean, look, no matter what, there's going to be some inaccurate passes, no matter who the quarterback is. right? Right. What's going on with Chris Godwin is the same thing that went on. That's different because he's not coming off an injury, but the first half of last year, he doesn't have any touchdowns. Well, that's, he's averaging that's, 55 yards a game. He was at 60 yards, 63, 64 in the past. Like he's like five to 10 yards off what he normally does. He's just not scoring touchdowns. But that's what I wanted to highlight because those five end zone throws have been awful to Chris Godwin. And he could have had, I would say, three touchdowns maybe. But, you know, I don't know if, if that matters to anyone, but Baker just keeps missing him in the end zone. At least he's throwing to him in the end zone. I mean, five end zone targets is pretty good in six games. Uh, but anyway, he's uh, number three. what'd you say? He's a number three wide receiver. Godwin or Rashad White? Godwin. I will also take Godwin. I'll yep. take White. Uh, will I take White non PPR? I don't know. Yes. I, I think I, I think I might take Godwin in both. Godwin or Gabe Davis in this game? Godwin. Godwin. Godwin if it's PPR. I would take Gabe and not there, but. Godwin, if any catches count for anything. How about this? Josh Allen, in his last two games, he is, oh, oh come on. Where is this damn stat? Um, 
I'm sorry. Oh, he's two for 13 for 56 yards on pass attempts of 20 or more air yards. Is there an mm-hmm. injury there? Was there an injury? That there was an injury to the shoulder. Right. Yeah. So he that might be affecting him right now. And There also was a terrible win last week against the Patriots. Uh, fair enough. And the, and the last two games have been the Giants and the Patriots. Those teams are great defending the deep ball, actually. Tampa Bay is kind of middle of the pack. They do give up yep. some big plays. So how do we feel about Gabe Davis this week? We'll get back to James Cook in a second, but you're starting Allen, you're starting Diggs. How do we feel about Gabe Davis? He's Gabe Davis. As Sean McDermott said this <laughs> offseason about the questions related to Josh Allen over the last several years about will he run more, he said, just just play the tape. I'm going to say the same thing every week. Just play the tape on Gabe Davis. It's going to be the same thing every week. <laughs> Boom bust number three receiver. That's what he is. Yeah, it's frustrating. It, it, he doesn't have a matchup that will deter you from using him, nor should it deter the Bills from taking shots at him. I, yeah. I don't I don't think it's that frustrating. Like you just he's your wide receiver three. Some weeks he's gonna give you a great week. Some weeks he's gonna like be a bad wide receiver three. Yeah. But if there's any way to predict it, I mean I think you could look at teams that that struggle against the deep ball and the Bucks, I would say, like I said, middle of the pack. Um but also this this whole thing with I thought there was a shoulder injury, so thank you for reminding me about that. Maybe that's playing a role here because Allen's been terrible throwing the ball deep the last two weeks. Maybe we need another week to see if it was the weather and the matchups. But that did scare me a little well, there's, bit. There, there's oh, also Davis. a change coming. There's They're now going to probably run a lot more 11 personnel because they're down Dawson Knox. And so maybe there's a few different routes coming for Gabe Davis. You know, we saw that at one point earlier in this year. So hopefully that'll be the case, that there's some more opportunities. Like, we, we could just sit here and say the obvious. Well, it's just more coming for Dalton Kincaid. Well, there's more coming for probably Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and maybe Khalil Shakir as well. So... There's going to be uh, how the targets are dispersed and, and how they use Gabe Davis might change. And so that could be a big benefit for him. So you just treat him as a number three receiver. Now you could compare him to a lot of guys in that range, you know, players that have come on, Josh Palmer, Raji Rice, um, Josh Downs. You know, there's there's certainly different directions you can go depending on the format you're in and what the rest of your team looks like and what you need. Because if you need a big week from a certain player, Gabe Davis can deliver that. If you don't and you want a safer floor, then you go a different route. But there's there, I think Heath has it nailed and hasn't has it nailed for the last you know two seasons you just put him in your lineup and i'm not putting him, i'm not putting my lineup i mean like i'm starting i'm starting well, who are Palmer. you putting him over him uh if you want to know specifically i will tell you in one moment yeah. i so, want that here i'll give you a stat the bucks have allowed I have it. five touchdowns to wide receivers this year four of the five have been on deep balls oh crap i might have to start him <laughs> so my three receivers in this league are Keenan Allen and Puka Nakua, which are easy, and Josh uh, yeah. Palmer. I'm starting Josh Palmer over him. Yeah, I would, I would do that too. But for sure. I would do the, that too. My fourth one is Christian Watson. Christian Watson's my flex right now, and I can't. I, I can't. I have to think. I have to start. Call. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. David or Watson. The worst quarterback. I don't know if I have. Well, I don't know if Watson's going to play. Right. So I got to start as of now. Right, exactly. But if if you told me Watson was playing, like if he practices in full today or something like that. That would be a tough decision for me, but I'll probably just go Gabe Davis. Look, uh, narrator, he will not practice in full. Yeah, he won't. He won't. <laughs> but if he practices Look, in full on Thursday, in thir- on Thursday, it might. But but I will go Gabe Davis, I think, because it's not like Watson is so reliable. Sorry, let's right. move on. James Cook. Jamie, start or sit James Cook? You start him as a low-end number two running back and hope that he's more involved in the passing game without Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so annoyed that I have to put Gabe Davis in my lineup after all those stats. And, uh, would you start James Cook or Jonathan Taylor? Taylor. Taylor. Uh, yeah, I've got, I'm going to make that move right now. Taylor. James Cook or Derek Henry? Uh, I have Henry one spot higher. Cook and PPR. Yeah, I, th- I think it's Cook and PPR. That, that, that Titans offense could be a, a complete train wreck. Uh, Henry is facing the Falcons this week. James Cook or Bijan Robinson? Bijan. Yeah. Bijan. And we'll do one more. James Cook or DeAndre Joe Swift? I will right, we'll do two more. <laughs> James Cook or DeAndre Swift and Joe Mixon? Swift. 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 Is anybody considering DeAndre Swift over James Cook at this point? Uh, J- no. Okay, fine. James Cook. Well, Swift's been. I feel like Swift's come down to earth a little bit. He has, but he still has more upside than Cook. Uh, James Cook or uh Joe Mixon? Mixon. I'll take Cook. Cook. Mixon's yeah. at San Francisco. Cook. 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 Three cooks in the kitchen. All right. Finally, Dalton Kincaid. Um, would you start Kincaid over 
Waller, Pitts, Goddard, guys who are starting to look a little bit better than they did a few weeks ago. Uh, would you start him over any of any of the like the the guys that we thought were must starts? No, nope. I think I I like that he's going to have what we, what should be an expanded role without Knox there, without Quentin Morris there. Uh, what I've seen from him this year is that he's his own beater. So short area target who can find space underneath for Josh Allen to dump off to. And Josh Allen really hasn't been a dump off type of quarterback, but maybe because of the shoulder, he's starting to lean into it a little bit more. That's what last week would tell me. And the type of defense that the Bucks tend to play, they blitz a lot and they play zone coverage behind. It's actually a perfect mix for Kincaid. So I would take the chance on him as a top 12 tight end, but anybody that you drafted as a, as a starting tight end should easily go ahead of him. The one that I'm grappling with is Dalton Schultz versus Dalton Kincaid. I'm right back where I was on Tuesday between the <laughs> two of them. Uh, Pitts is the one I struggle with, but I, right now I've got Pitts over Kincaid. But that's yeah. that's a tough one for me. That yeah, I have I have Pitts over Kincaid as well. I have Schultz over Kincaid for this week as well. Yeah. Um, I think you just look at the 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 Bucks have been great against tight ends. They just the, that's true. The, the schedule that they've played and the guys that they've basically eliminated are are fantastic. It's, so like for Pitts, for example. They just lost a key member of their secondary. The Titans have his opponent. So I like the setup for him better. And I think Schultz, you know, I know we have a concern about Tank Dell coming back, but the Panthers, I just don't think are very good. And they're down Jeremy Chin as well. I, I am worried the tight end targets for the Falcons go to John O. Smith for the revenge game. Uh, uh, yeah, Tampa, well, it's a coach revenge game. So he might just want to have his, his best game. Hopefully. Tampa Bay, um, they are 12th against tight ends, but it's been Hawkinson, 35 yards. Komet, 38. Dallas Goddard, 41. Sam Laporta, 36 yards on 11 targets. Kyle Pitts, 47 yards, and none of them have caught a touchdown. So they've played, I'm going to guess they've played the toughest tight end schedule, and they haven't given up a touchdown yet, although they haven't faced Kelsey or Andrews, but they face a lot of really good ones. All right, uh, Buffalo's DST is uh, kind of all over the map. Let me just make sure I have it updated here. 16th for Jamie, 10th for Dave, and 6th for Heath. Um, Tampa Bay is 18th. I have that low. As of now, yeah. Oh, that's a mistake. All right. All right, we'll take a break. Oh, Dave, that's it for uh, Bills and Bucks. Nah, 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 nah. Nah. Meow. <laughs> when we come back, uh, Fantasy Cops. And your emails and tweets. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yeah, here we go. The Fantasy Cops are back. Settling your league disputes. If you have any emails, any questions, you can send them to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And if you... Heath, you okay? Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you have any Fantasy Cops questions, just put Fantasy Cops in the subject line. This one is from Randy. It says, Dear Rex, Mitch, Justin, and Jay. Rex, Mitch, Justin, and Jay. Sounds oh. like Bears quarterback. Oh, yeah, that, I should have gotten that. That was Bears fan knows that. <laughs> An hour Does this before... Randy hate his keyboard? What's that? Does this Randy hate his keyboard? I don't get that. Inside joke? Yep. Okay. Uh, an hour before game time on Sunday, 
A player in my league dropped Tony Pollard to pick up Dante, Deontay Foreman. With plenty of other options to drop on his bench, by the way, all of whom were on a bye. Uh, instantly, notifications were sent out to the league that Pollard was now up for a waiver claim. The entire league put out a waiver claim for him, including me, the commissioner, who happened to also be playing the team who dropped Pollard this week. And I had the upcoming first waiver claim. The initial team who dropped Pollard didn't say anything about the drop until other league members said in our league chat, said something in our league chat. He then said it was a mistake to drop Pollard. Okay, maybe honest mistake. I get that. But he never said anything until the league went crazy and others said something. Now he wants Pollard back and also wants to keep Deontay Foreman, who he picked up when he dropped uh, Pollard. And I would have to pick someone else up for my first round waiver claim. I put it, I put it to a league vote and it was split 50-50. Should I A, give him back uh, as the commissioner and take someone else as my first claim? B, should I tell him he can keep one or the other, Foreman or Pollard? And by the way, he beat me with all the points that Foreman scored. Or B, should I say, nope, his loss and take, or C, I should say. C, should I say, nope, his loss and take Pollard? First of all, Jamie, incredible joke. Uh, It was like a grenade for me. It took me about 10 seconds to get it. (laughs) Second of all, uh, I like B. Have him make a choice, but he's got to make it like now because we're already on to the next week. You can have Pollard back, but you don't get Foreman with him. And that's if I want to be a benevolent commish. Okay, Dave, I have a follow-up for Dave. Does he get to keep the points that Foreman scored and get the win? Yeah, but then he doesn't get Pollard back. So, so wait, the, the commissioner did get up they did end up getting Pollard? Yeah, well, yes. Or I don't yes. I don't know if it probably happened after he emailed me, but assuming it ha- it was tonight or last night when the waivers ran, yes, he would have gotten Pollard. I, I, Oh wait a minute! Hold on a second. He he dropped Pollard for Foreman, and then he waited days. No, to bring it up to he the dropped league. him on Sunday. I don't know when he brought it up, but it, he brought it up after everyone was in an uproar about it, which kind of makes sense to me because maybe he just didn't realize that he dropped Pollard, and then he saw the text messages and was like, "Oh wait, oops. oh dude, if 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 it's been days and now he's bringing it up, I'm changing my answer." No, he's, I don't think it's been days. Foreman. I I think your answer was right though. I think he's got to make a choice. And that's 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 it. If he's going to say that he he made a mistake in dropping Pollard, then that's fine. But you don't get Foreman, or you're just stuck with Foreman. I really hate the idea of going back and changing the score of like. Right. Either way, the commissioner gets Pollard, or he gets a free victory because the guy loses Foreman's points if he doesn't if he gets Pollard back. So if if the commissioner is going to get a benefit out of this either way. I think it should just stay. I have. When's the last time anybody here? When's the last time anybody here made an made an honest mistake with an ad drop in your league and waited days? No, I don't know why you're assuming he waited days. That is not in this email. He waited until there was an uproar from the from the group, which happened immediately. So I don't think he. I don't think it could have been been three in the morning when the. I don't know when it was. It could have been days, but that was Sunday. You know, he sent this on like Tuesday. so, well, I just want to say, I remember in a podcast league five-ish years ago, I dropped Tyreek Hill accidentally. I made a waiver claim on Tuesday. I dropped Tyreek Hill, and I said, uh, my bad. I, I hit the wrong name. I'm giving myself sure. Tyreek Hill back. So if I were the commissioner, what I would honestly do, and I, this is like probably everyone's going to disagree with this, I would just... He didn't mean to drop Pollard. He meant to drop someone else for Foreman. I would just execute that transaction give him Foreman, give him back Pollard and find someone else on his bench to drop that he meant to drop. That's what that's what he meant to do. This has created way too much confusion and controversy. Just do what was supposed to happen. Give him back Pollard, let him keep Foreman and make the ad drop that he intended that, that guy intended to make on Sunday. That's what I would do. How do you know what that was intended to be? What if it was um somebody got hurt? Well, he said he had plenty of other options to drop on his bench who were also on buy. So what, if you want to pick one of the other guys? Like, like don't drop CeeDee Lamb if that was an option. But, like, obviously, the guy was going to make a logical choice to drop someone for Foreman. He accidentally hit Pollard. Like, don't don't change so much in the league because this guy made a mistake. Just do what he intended to do. That's what I but said. Now All right, you- so, so let, let me ask you a real-life scenario because I told you this the minute that it happened. I told you I didn't intend to drop Royce Freeman, that I, that I, I was intending to drop Michael Hartman, and I made a mistake, and I dropped Freeman six. I was going through it quickly. 
and I dropped Freeman instead of dropping Hardman. And I told you that I said I'm not making I'm not out and telling you this because I want to make a switch. I was just telling you to make fun of myself for being an idiot. Uh-huh. As the commissioner, would you have given it back yes. to me if I was complaining? Yes. Yeah. I would have. That's easy though. Especially if it's in right after it happened. Right. But and you haven't actually played a fantasy game. <laughs> Does anybody disagree with me? Does anybody think that I'm wrong with what my- I think you're setting a terrible precedent for others in the league to potentially take advantage of by dropping Pollard? Like obviously it was a mistake. But you're giving this guy the best of both worlds. You're you're letting him keep Pollard. No, I see what Adam's saying. Adam Adam is saying I, that I, I, I do if too. He, if he's first on waivers, he was going to pick up Foreman regardless. He was going to drop Joe Schmo, and still would have kept Pollard on his team. He would have played Pollard. He would have played Foreman regardless because that was his best bet of the guys he had available to him. So yes, it does sound like it's not a mistake. But it, I mean, it, it it apparently is something that the league is not happy with. Yeah. Course, I, you just can't have somebody dropping Tony Pollard in week eight. Like it's just, it just changes the league too much, and it was an, an accident. But I don't think we have any consensus here. So no, sorry. <laughs> the fantasy cops will be back for Oscar here. Let's hope we can hope Oscar help Oscar a little bit more. Um, Oscar says, let's see. Oscar says, I'm the commissioner of a 12-team half PPR league. We're in our 16th year. We recently switched to a new platform where I thought we had all of our settings correct. But this past weekend, my opponent and I realized that teams were receiving plus two points for fumbles by players and minus two points for fumbles lost by players. So if a player just fumbles, he loses two points. If a player fumbles and it's recovered by the other team, it's actually a zero because he gets two points for the fumble and he loses two points. Uh, for the uh, oh, so Alexander Madison's the, killing this team. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, in the end, the error did not impact our end result. But had the error helped me achieve victory, I would have changed it to a loss because I feel I can't benefit from my own error. The issue at hand is that one game result was impacted by the scoring change. A team had Jared Goff, who fumbled twice, and he lost one um, of the two. He went from plus two points net for the two fumbles. <laughs> To minus two points net for the lost fumble. That's a four-point change in his score. Of course, he was in the lead by 3.98 points before the scoring change, and he ended up losing by .02 after I made the scoring change. The golf manager is obviously upset. His season's not going so well. The winning team... The winning team would like a league vote to determine if the scoring change should even be done at this point in the season, which could nullify his win. Uh, he also added that um, that uh, I think he said no. The scoring change does not retroactively change any results, but it will reduce players' scores. Obviously, so it looks like this is the only game that would be affected by the scoring change. What do you think? Should we fix it? Should we give this guy, this golf manager, the loss? The win. Keep it. Uh, you got to keep it. If you you made the mistake and you played several weeks with the. The situation being what it is, like you said, you're going to go back and change all the scores. How's that? That could impact the playoff scoring. Of course, it could. Like the tiebreakers. Uh, if, if if you're if you're going to do that, though, I don't think you should change the rule moving forward either. And it just no. The rule is. is for this season. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the most fair thing to do. Why? Why? Because you can't change the rules midway through the season. Yes, you can, when and not this? let it impact anything that happened before. You certainly can't change one week's results but not impact the first five weeks results yes. or the first Agreed. six weeks results yeah, like i agree you're, you're just saying this one guy like don has the right answer <laughs> this league needs a coup says he wants chaos this is a tough one for me i think because it's such an obvious rule to change nobody wants this rule nobody even knew about it it seems so i i would make the change going forward at the very least because um, no one's going to argue. Who's going to be like, no, I want points for fumbles, right? So I would make the change going forward at least. Going back, if this is the only game that's actually the result is being changed, I probably would not do it. I would probably wait. But it's not, though. It, it, it could, I mean, if it comes down to one team has three or four points more to get into the playoffs, if that's yep. a tiebreaker. Right, but, shouldn't, but that's the way the scoring should have been. So don't you yes. think that, I that that's what their, their rightful point total should be? And, and they should have that instead of these weird. You're saying you're saying you're changing all of the results for the first five weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
I think that's. A, I, I think, think, that's those, I think those are the that's, only that's, options you have. That's understandable. That's an option. But I think you just let it r- ride for the rest of the season because it's a commissioner error, and what can you do? It does seem like, like Adam, you you are the official that wants to be on TV when you're the commissioner. <laughs> like every time, the Adam's response is, "How can I do the most? What's what's the most impact I can have with this decision?" So you're saying, like, if we were doing like live play by play during a game, Adam would be our official. He'd be Gene Steratore. <laughs> I don't, yes. I don't have the guns to be uh, official. Like my, my sleeves were long sleeves. But uh, no, I mean, if we had played in a league that was we, we drafted thinking it was PPR, and then for the first five weeks it was non-PPR and nobody realized it, hypothetical, of course we would have realized it, wouldn't you want the commissioner to go back and make the, the actual scoring for the entire league because we drafted that way, like for the entire season? Wouldn't you want to be rewarded with PPR points? Or you keep it the way that it is, and now you're in a non-PPR league. Why would I do that? I drafted to be in a PPR league, and I drafted this league to lose points on fumbles, not to gain points. <laughs> it sounds like something that you should put to a league vote. How about Let's this as a possible solution? Possible yeah. solution. Leave it alone. Change change the scoring back to how it should have been. Make this game a tie between those two teams. I don't oh, know if I love, no. <laughs> no, I don't know if I love that. But if you make it a tie between those teams, it's one game, there's one tie, and then everything else moving forward, fumbles are worth zero, lose a fumble. You're not getting a loss. You're not getting a win. I'm going to make my own rules. You get a tie. That's a, I think the okay, compromise so you know, tie, the league might be okay with it. I don't, miss, I don't know if I love it either. I think the compromise, maybe we'll agree with this. The compromise is leave everything as is and make the change going forward. Beginning, uh, that's one I like the beginning least. Beginning in week eight. What? Okay, fine, Dave. You know what, Dave? Speaking of things you like the least, I'm going to play us off with a little ditty here. (laughs) This has been Fantasy Football Today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Have a good one. Yeah. Oh, bye. Gotta go bye.